Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. and welcome to Tuesday Topics. I'm Paul Edwards, and for the sake of full disclosure, uh, I am a person with no eyes, or rather I have two artificial ones, so I am totally blind, and that becomes relevant because of the topic that we are actually going to be discussing this evening. We are going to be talking about the degree to which uh, the American Council of the Blind discriminates against uh, individuals who are blind but still have some good usable vision, that is folks who are partially sighted. There's been a lot of discussion uh, on lists since we announced this topic and we'll, we, we will give everybody an opportunity to weigh in on A, whether this is true and B, uh, whether uh, whether there are reasons for it that we can help explain and maybe things that we can do to change it if we want to. Of course, we may not want to, but we shall see. So I have two panelists so far and a third one expected. Um, so far, we have Mr. David Trott, uh, who is the, the only partially sighted officer uh, in ACB at the moment. All the rest are totally blind. And so he is, um, he is one of our two. And the other is my co-host, Rick Morin. And Rick is, uh, is partially sighted, though more unsighted than partial these days than he was a few years ago. So he's becoming closer and closer to the dividing line. So, um, Rick, let me start with you. Um, how has your your journey to lower vision been? Have you have you felt accepted in ACB? Um, have you felt limited at all by your partial vision? Uh, have I been limited? I, well, certainly, uh, I don't see any any boundaries on anything that I'm doing at the moment. I I, I certainly think that. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate in that um, when I came into ACB, um, I was befriended by Kim and Brian Charlson, and we got very close, and, uh, and so that gave me a lot of stroke, if you will. Although, um, I, you know, I tell people then, and I still do now to some extent, that I still feel a little bit like the outsider because I don't have some of the history that other people have, um, you know, some of the relationships that, that go way, way back. But one thing, though, Paul, I just want to establish here um, as, as something that has been kind of a aha moment for me. Um, you know, we did a post-convention survey, and uh, I've been involved with compiling the results, and this is the third year that I do this. And about a third of the people that replied were partially sighted or sighted. And 
I think that's as good a yardstick as any to uh, measure what our proportion of partially sighted is to totally blind uh, in ACB. So, so, so it's a little bit upside down vis-a-vis what you hear about what's in the general population. And, and I think to the extent that, that there may be fewer people in leadership, that certainly contributes to that dynamic quite a bit. What does? I mean, I'm not sure I'm understanding what you're saying. Well, what the fact, contributes? The fact that there's only uh, a third of ACB being people with low vision, okay, or people that are partially sighted, okay? You know, in the real world, right? In the real world. I mean, in the general population, and you've said this, right, like, you know, 90% of people who are within the definition of legal blindness have some vision, Okay. We don't mimic that in ACB, right? I mean, in ACB, it's, it's you know, much more totally blind folks. And so, so you know, one of the things I think about and don't have a, a ready answer to is how do we make, um, you know, how do we attract more visually impaired people into ACB? Now, my, the thread I was trying to establish there is my, my concept, my theory is that, um, to the degree that we bring more uh, partially sighted people into ACB, we'll, we'll correspondingly see more partially sighted people in leadership, and, and things will start, you know, the balance will start to shift a little bit. So, that's just my theory. Excellent. So, my other guest who's here at the moment is David Trott. And David, you're the only partially sighted officer. Why... Why? Why do you think that is? Why aren't there? Why aren't? Why aren't we sort of overwhelmed by the number of partials who are in our leadership? I think I think that's twofold. Um, you know, we take when when we formed the American Council of the Blind, we looked at having two classes of people in membership. That is blind and fully sighted, and that's unless it's changed and I hadn't done a membership list for years, that's still the ratio that we use. So David Trott is blind. There go. We're equal. Um, I think that mentoring is part of it. Uh, we tend to mentor blind people, totally blind people more. Um, and I think the reason for that is not necessarily discrimination is that uh, we with vision have the ability to be more volunteering in areas that totally blind people can't. We, we tend to be, uh, you know, your partners to get you to the elevator, your partners to get you to a restaurant or that kind of thing. And so it, it does take up a lot of time, but we all love the, the fellowship and the camaraderie. So we do it. But what it does take away is that we're not, always sitting in, say, for example, the um, Constitution and Bylaws or something like that, that normally would move you into a position of leadership. Um, I, I think that we tend to look at Braille as the deciding factor, and fortunately for many years, unfortunately now with diabetes, I can no longer read Braille. And I'm truly blessed in that I can read print. 
Uh, the only problem in a meeting, if you're sent a document with multiple formats, it would be like being sent a document with, uh, you know, say grade one, grade two, and uh, unified Braille in it. You wouldn't want that. And we would listen to it because we tend to understand that. So if, if you're totally blind and you don't read printed material and never have, uh, I've noticed those that have lost vision tend to get it more than those that didn't. Uh, they don't totally understand. Well, we have speech, you know, read it with speech or whatever. Uh, when you're in a meeting and you're looking at that document and it's not a straightforward document in, in one context, you, you can't really grasp can't talk. Uh, the, the problems that it causes. And I think that overall that people are accepting of low vision people but don't quite grasp that there's so many different degrees of low vision that nobody really gets it. Interesting. Um, nevertheless, it's, it, it seems to me that, that there ought to be more partials who are in leadership roles. And I'm not sure that, well, I think what, what you said is probably accurate. I'm not sure you've explained to me why it is that, that partials aren't in leadership roles unless you're suggesting that partials are less capable of, of handling, for instance, literacy because of their low vision. No, no, no. Um, no. Just, just to circle back on my point, uh, Paul, yep. um, you know, part of this is, is numbers, right? And, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I think some of the partials, and I hate that, I hate to call people partials, okay? But, you know, those of us who are partial, you know, to the extent we, we assert ourselves and, and, you know, become active and, um, uh, and, you know, just fall into leadership, be it uh, formal or informal, um, I mean, we, you know, we can go, you know, I, I, I don't think there's quote unquote much discrimination, but, you know, there aren't as many partials or low vision folks that surface themselves uh, in that way, okay? Um, so, you know. Yeah, and, and two, I think that, it, and I think you made my point for me, Paul, in that you grasp the literacy part of it. Yeah. And the literacy is just one part. There's so many degrees of low vision, and that's the value we would be remiss if we didn't mention our main organization of low vision people, the Council of Citizens for Low Vision International, who really does a great job of producing materials and programming for low vision people. But once we get outside of CCLVI and we get to the national level, we tend not to produce as much of that kind of material or, or that kind of uh, programming that we need. Uh, even our legislative work, uh, we have one now, but for many years we didn't have anything to do with, with low vision needs like devices uh, for low vision that we're working on now, that kind of thing. So, so no, it's, it's not just literacy. And, and, and all low vision people that I'm aware of in ACB are very literate. It, it's just that ACB doesn't make it easy to be literate. So do you think that, uh, and I guess, I guess I'm hearing you imply this, so 
So I'll, I'll let you both talk about this. Do you think that ACB tends to um, pass resolutions and adopt policies that apply to all blind people, but doesn't focus often enough on the needs of folks who are low vision? Well, if I can jump in here, David, for a sec. Um, the default, um, if you look at things like accessibility, the default is always screen reader, okay? It, it's always uh, those things that uh, facilitate uh, a totally blind person and very, 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 very seldom um, uh, even address the low vision thing. Um, example was when the new website um, the new ACB website came up, um, was coming up, and I and I think it's great. And I'm, this is not, you know, nothing I'm going to say tonight, please, folks, is is meant in any kind of a negative way. Um, uh, you know, I, I I hope to to be very respectful this whole time, but I you know I I, I have some observations that I'm just going to pass along. When ACB.org was originally being recrafted. Um, there was very little discussion in the early days of the redesign um, with low vision people about the design of that thing. Um, uh, there were totally sighted people that were uh, believing that they were creating something that was good for people with low vision, but they weren't engaging the people with low vision. So, you know, one of the dynamics that happens sometimes um, and and uh, um, you know I one of the arguments Brian and had Brian and I had very early on in our friendship was you know I told him that the magnification that I was using on my computer was um, was like 12x and he goes well anybody over 8x ought to be using jaws so you know here you go I was shamed um, but you know, I, I, I say, hey, you know, I mean, 12X works pretty darn good for me. I'm not going to give it up. And, and he was pretty, pretty, you know, relentless in, in his belief that, that I should be using JAWS. So, so part of that dynamic, you know, there, there's some interesting dynamics there, you know. Uh, uh, you know, blind people, people who are totally blind like to have, like, like to be, um, uh, influencing things that affect people who are totally blind. Okay, that, that's think, also that's also true on the side of low vision. I don't think I would have used the amount of magnification you were using. What 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 I would have used was the was the speed at which you were able to retrieve material. You know, when I when I worked um, at a college, I used to say to folks, if if you can't retrieve information at better than say 100 or 125 words a minute um, you're you're not going to be able to get through college using large print yeah well uh, you know I, i've been using zoom text since version one and version wow one, version one was on five and a quarter inch floppies way back then yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was actually a DOS program at that time. Yeah, I, I, it, I used it. Yeah, it was, it, it was DOS, man. I had version 1.0, and um, you know, we were barely new. I mean, PCs were were barely you know out at that point in time. And and uh, watch me with a spreadsheet sometime, Paul. Okay. Um, so so you know you know part and David hit on this earlier. Part of of uh, the, the the low vision dynamic is that everybody with low vision their manifestation of it is different 
okay? And, and there's endless numbers of permutations um, of, of types of low vision. And, and any one low vision person who thinks they can represent all low vision people is probably, probably killing, kidding themselves because they understand their, you know, manifestation. Right. Uh, I'm not sure that they can really comprehend other folks. And then, of course, you know, blind people who are blind, you know, can intellectually understand what people with partial vision have. And partial vision people can intellectually, um, you know, uh, wrap their head around being totally blind. But, you know, I, I think part of what we got to do, part of, part of what we just have to try to do is to understand each other a little bit better. You know, I always te- tease Dan Spoon about using the word intentional, Okay is he uses the word intentional all the time. But my, my personal belief, and I'm going to keep circling back on this, I think we need to attract more people with low vision, partial vision into ACB, okay? And to me, that's a diversity issue. That's an inclusion issue. I don't think people with low vision and partials coming into ACB are necessarily feel, feeling welcome, Okay. Um, uh, you know, I, I had it not been for my relationship with Brian and Kim, I probably, you know, would not have, have stayed with, have stayed with ACB. So, um, uh, you know, you know, I, there, there's a lot of need out there for people, you know, with, um, and, and, and this, you know, the other thing that I, I just got to say this, I got a whole bunch of notes that I made prior to this, but when we start talking about Braille, right, there are a lot of people, and there's all kinds of statistics that we quote all the time about people who are becoming blind, right, who are transitioning from the sighted world into the blindness world later in life, and those people will never read Braille, okay, and for the most part probably 90% of those people will not read Braille, but yet, you know, uh, they're uh, unintentionally non-Braille readers are labeled as being illiterate. Okay. You know, I mean, one of the things that, one of the things that's used to promote Braille is literacy. Okay. You know, Braille equals literacy. Well, you know, um, and, 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 you know, I, I mean, there, there's truth there, but we have to, you know, I mean, we, we, we've got to look at all sides of this equation. Um, so do you think that that notion tends to shame people who aren't able to learn Braille, say, because of diabetes or because of other or, or, or because they're just older when they lose their vision and that makes them feel less competent, less welcomed? Yes, and I, I, to some extent, and I, I think, you know, there's a lot of shaming that goes on where people don't realize that they're shaming, okay? You know, and this is certainly true in the low vision world. My reality isn't the same as someone else's reality, and if I try to superimpose my reality on them, I'm doing us both a disservice. Okay? Doesn't that... Doesn't that also imply, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll let David jump in with the first answer to this question, doesn't that sort of imply, though, that a solution for one person who has low vision and a solution for another person who has low vision may be entirely different? So that, for instance, ACB in trying to set standards for large print um, essentially is damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. Well... You know, I I agree with you to a point. Uh, the thing I would like 
let, let's go back to when we set the standards for low vision. Uh, CCLBI did uh, work with ACB to do a survey, but we only did it at conventions. So you only had a few hundred participants in the survey, and you did an average. Uh, unfortunately, and, and that's going to be the best way because you can't please me or Rick together. Uh, our vision is that much different. But what we don't do, when, when someone says this doesn't work for me, we don't tweak what we do. Uh, this, this is the, uh, in words, I was told one time, this is the survey results and this is what we're going to live with. However, if you look out there in reality, it is not what we live with. I've been on meetings where totally blind people told me, well, we can't do that. That's just too big. That's too bulky. Well, sure, it's bulky. Braille is bulky. Print is bulky. And, you know, people have got to change their mindsets. Either you want something that you can read with the bulk, right. or you want a standard printed piece of document or software or whatever that won't do certain things. And well, I think that, you know, I think other people's wanted to compromise for us rather than listening to, um, you know, CCLBI might not be the, the end all, but I think they're the, the greatest thing that we have. I've belonged to CCLBI for years, and, and I think that they have the experts. They have the people in place, and we need to pay more attention to their needs, but then when there's people outside of AC, uh, CCLBI and they're coming into ACB, they need to be explained to, no, we can't do that, is not the answer for anything. We can do anything we want to do, people, if, if we put our minds to it. We're a great organization, and we have people with abilities. But, like, uh, you wouldn't want me running ACB radio. I don't have that ability. You look for people with those abilities, and I think as far as low vision, we failed. And we're looking for those people with the yeah. uh, You know, Paul, you know, th this, this thing you said, um, them, them are fighting words, in, in my opinion. You know, the, you know, this notion that because there's so much, you know, disparity in low vision and we can't set a standard and because, because we can't set a standard, we might as well not even try. Um, oh, I didn't say the last thing now. No, no, but, but <laughs> it's, 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 it's the logical extension of that, and it's what some people are going to hear, right? Now, now you know, and, and I don't know if this is exactly right, but, but people who are totally blind, you know, when you talk about um, uh, media, they've got options, right? They've got Braille. They've got um, speech, you know, where, where we were recording stuff on the cartridges for folks. Um, and you can argue that low vision people can take advantage of that stuff too. But, but if you're low vision, you're defined as large print. Okay. What, what, one of the problems we have in the low vision community is that because there's so much disparity, um, when you try to set uh, a standard, quote unquote standard, you end up coming up with the least common denominator. Okay. So you, you serve, you know, some people, but you probably don't serve as many people, if not more people, than the ones you do serve, you know, with, with that standard. So, 
um, you know, they, there's got to be an, an appreciation of that, 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 you know, this low vision thing is a spectrum. I mean, if we're talking autism, we'd be talking about the autism spectrum, right? Um, you know, when we talk about low vision, we've got to be talking about the low vision spectrum and where people are on that spectrum, um, you know, it can change depending on, and, and, you know, and create different life challenges for them. You know, we keep talking about people transitioning and, you know, you used to, you know, you said I was on the, I forget, you know, how, how you said, but, you know, you said I was close to, what did you say in the beginning? Oh, I, I think that you were, that you were closer to the point at which um, your, your vision wouldn't be as useful to you as, as right. it is to most low vision folks. Right, 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 right. So, um you know, I mean, those are you know major traumatic events for people. That, sure, they are. Yeah, you know, and and I mean, one of the things that I really like what what ACB has done recently is this notion of peer support. Right? Um, I, there's a huge uh, pot, huge area here where you know for peer support in the area of people who are partially sighted. Yeah. And um, and and I think that hasn't even been considered at this point. At least at least I haven't heard it. Now, the other thing that that happens, and 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 I, you know, I'm going to mention CCLVI a couple times, and and I am not being critical of CCLVI. Okay, sometimes people cop out and say and and use CCLVI as the as the, you know, if CCLVI doesn't get involved in stuff, then things with low vision doesn't happen because it's CCLVI's job to represent everybody in ACB who has low vision, okay? Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't buy that premise, okay? You know, I, I, I mean, whether or not people are in CCLVI is a choice, um, and uh, there are a lot more people in ACB that have low vision than are in CCLVI, and, and, you know, I, I, I think we ought to be, you know, you know, just seeking ways to, um, you know, to, to uh, bring value to people who are, who are low vision and partially sighted that, that, you know, it's not top of mind. You know, what I, what I said earlier about accessibility, low vision stuff is never top of mind. Okay. Um, and, um you know, and I'm not necessarily saying it should be, but I'm, you know, what I'm, you know, I'm not saying it should be, you know, more top of mind than something else. But, but, uh, you know, when you, you know, when you're developing something like ACB Link, okay, as an example. Okay. And again, I'm not picking on anybody developing ACB Link, but, um, you know, ACB Link um, visually uh, is not as pleasing as it could be to my liking and you can have something that's very visually appealing um and you know i i got engaged you know towards the end of the development cycle on acb link and you know acb link is certainly accessible uh, for people with low vision but 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 it, it 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 wasn't necessarily out of the blocks part of what we were designing for okay and and can i interrupt you here there's, there's you can um I, I would say ACB's biggest failure is that we do not collect data. We, we, we're so scared of the fact that we, you know, we'll get your credit card number. Hey, we're happy to have that. But 
there again, I go back to my statement early on, you're either blind or fully sighted. Uh, we don't have a clue how many low vision people we have. So if we're to believe national statistics that most elderly people now have some kind of visual impairment, uh, tens of millions of people have visual impairments, then we need to, as an effective organization, start looking stronger at that. The other thing, um, I want to touch on the traumatic thing that Rick said, because he's right. Uh, I worked with, during my career with AIDB, in putting people to work. When you start losing vision. That's Alabama Institute for the Deaf and Blind, yes? That's correct. When, Go ahead, when you start losing vision, what I found is that if you have anything greater than light perception, you're going to want to grasp it and use it as long as you can. And it's a traumatic experience to try to teach someone that, yes, you can be more productive with speech. Or if you're young enough and you have the desire, and you notice I said have the desire, because learning Braille is not easy. Um, it's, it's similar to me to learning another language. And I've done, you know, I've, I've worked at one and done the other. So, <laughs> and I can't speak anything else. So, you know, it's real. Um, you know, we have to look at the traumatic part of it and, and how it affects people. And I think that Rick's comment about being, sh you know, things that shame uh, makes people back off. I think that's a good bit of it. I think that we need to really look at that. that <laughs> Echo says she's not sure about that. But anyway, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I am. And, and I think Ricky is. You know that people, people are hurtful. <clears throat> we, we've had to learn a new dynamic of the way we speak. Uh, things that didn't bother people years ago, we just didn't care. I want to go back to this whole media question because – we're at an interesting crossroads where Braille is concerned, where hard copy Braille is, for the most part, um, giving way to electronic Braille. And I think that development is likely to continue. Now, over, over the last five to ten years, I think there's been a huge revolution in the number of low vision devices that are available, particularly um, handheld ones and and very portable CCTVs and a range of other things, um, are we likely to see a, a lot of these problems that we're talking about in ACB um, be solved by um, people going to utilize more electronic devices that can be adjusted and changed um, so, that, uh, so that, say, print is more accessible to folks who are low vision? I'll take that one. I, I think that I think the answer to that one is yes, if, and I put that if in there. Um, you you know, like Braille, you've got to be willing to look and learn a new technology, and like electronic Braille, if you're a senior, you've got to be ready to hop off the dime and buy it. Uh, and CCTVs and that kind of thing even have a more limited use than a. Uh, braille display you can carry around or a note taker, that kind of thing. So, you know, it's, it's harder to make the <clears throat> decision from a family standpoint, do I take 
three or four thousand dollars out of out of the family money to get a top of the line CCTV that I might only use an hour a day to to change you know to where I would if I was blind to put it into a device that I could use for everything. Yeah, but, but yeah, there there, there are. But I mean, there are smaller devices. There are a lot of handheld magnifiers that are out there, and and that, I would that, argue, and I would true, argue Paul, that, but, that that but things like smartphones, right. things like smartphones have you know have become far <laughs> more conscious and adjustable in terms of, in in terms of being able to set large print parameters, and and is, isn't that going to make a difference? It it makes a little difference, but not as much as you would think, because there again, your screen size. Uh, the lower your vision, the big, the bigger the screen size. Sometimes, oh. and sometimes you overdo that because you'll get a screen that's too big. All right, so Mr. Rick, follow along. Who we got? Hi, I want to make a, a couple of comments. First, I would like to go back to Paul's initial question of why um, we don't have more visually impaired people in the leadership role, and I think. That is because being an ACB all my life, um, I think that is because when um, you can only go so far if your vision is not 20 over 200, if you're not legally blind. There is not that I can move up and if my vision is 20 over 100 or 20 over 200, you, you can't, I mean, sorry, less, uh, better than 20 over 200. You don't get to move up to that upper roll. So okay, hold a lot on. of people. Hold on, Miss Patty. First, first, I want to say thank you so much for being here. Um, Patty is president of CCLVI, and we're very glad that she's with us. Second, I want to clarify a little. What you're saying uh, is, is really that unless you're legally blind, you're limited. So for, for a person who is visually limited but not legally blind, they're in a kind of a no man's land. Yes, Ms. Patty? That is correct. Now go ahead, sorry. I just wanted to be sure folks knew who you were. Okay. Um, and, and I think um, that if there was a way that more people who do have a little better vision, than 20 over 200, but they're not sighted, and they get out of that limbo, and they can move up. They would take more of a leadership role. It's an interesting question. There was certainly a case um, in the state of Washington where a really competent president um, who had mm -hmm. been legally blind, actually, uh, actually, the next time he was tested, tested better than, well, with more vision than legal blindness, and, and he ended up not being able to continue or run again for president of that organization, even though he was doing an amazing job, and even though clearly um, he, was, he, he was an individual who was limited by visual impairment. So, Patty, would you propose that we change our, 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 our constitution so that we don't limit it to legal blindness? I would like to see that. I don't know how well that's going to go over, but I think that um, it would give more um, it would give more confidence in people to run for the leadership of ACB. Um, and 
one other comment, uh, there's many, but one other comment is I think with the way that technology is today, um, even though some people still like to have large print, um, how do you, you know, large print right now for ACB, um, I'm just going to use an example. The mini mall catalogs are in Braille. Um, the last one we put out, I think, was 21 pages in Braille, and it's 40 pages in large print. Wow. I think that um, we need to look at that, and with the way technology is today, most people either have <laughs> a smartphone that has a magnifier on it. They can have it read to them with voiceovers, you know, um, or they can use um, their computers now all have a magnification to it. Um, and so I think maybe we need to relook at that. Excellent. Miss Patty, we'll give you a chance to talk later. Let's see who else is there. Hi, Renee. Hi. Um, thank you. I happen to be um, legally blind, and I also am a Braille reader. I'm not saying that I am a proficient Braille reader, and I certainly only like the um, uh, U.S. the U.S. standard, and I hope that uh, a Tuesday topic will come up about Braille. But anyway, I, I, I do, I'm one of these people that I will use everything that I have. I do have a, a, a smartphone that's a, it's an, it's an 11 Max Pro, and I've been told, gee, that's an expensive magnifying glass. And I said, well, you know, it, I have the Zoom. There's, a, there's a, an app that's a, a Zoom that's better than the one that comes with the phone. And also, um, I, use, I will use things like um, uh, seeing AI to, um, you know, to read. The scan and, things. And, yeah, yep. the, yeah I, I will use that. I also have an iPad that has the magnification. So sometimes my CCTV happens to be an OCR reader as well. I mean, so I, am, I kind of uh, embrace technology. I had gotten it a few years ago. And so that is very helpful because I can see some print on the CCTV. But if it's a long letter, I'm, I'm definitely not going to be reading it even if it's large print it's too much for me to read my my so, large, just, yeah, just so to, I, just I to clarify it. renee hold on uh-huh I'm, I'm not cutting you off so no, ocr okay. stands for optical character recognition um and and so just to be clear what you do with that is is you scan it in and then you listen to it with speech it it i don't scan in anything uh what it does is uh you you lay the print on the table uh, on under it and you um, tap the screen and it takes a picture and then it reads reads it um, right but it but it yes. reads it with speech right yes yes very good just i just yes. wanted people to understand what you were saying right and i appreciate that i'm sorry for the acronyms <laughs> i needed to you know to clarify that so i i'm one of these people as far as um the um the uh, leadership role uh i i would like to you know to aspire to that at some point i don't know i don't know if acb is going to want to want to change their constitution regarding having people with low vision because it the the people that have low vision um 
they need to be if, if they do change it they need they it needs to be such that the person realizes that they are representing not only just what their needs are but people that have no vision or very very limited vision mm-hmm. and so i i would want to be careful with that is what I'll, the way i the way i'll put it excellent miss renee thank you you're welcome um, david or or rick do you guys want to add to anything that either patty or or i'm i'm, I'm excited renee called in um, mm-hmm. th- she is a prime example of someone with low vision who adapts and un- mm-hmm. gets things where she can understand it. Uh, she, and I say that because, uh, invitation is a great form of flattery. <laughs> I do exactly the same thing. If it's a long document, uh, you know, I tend to bring it up and, and have the speech read it, uh, as well. And and there's a lot of stuff out there that will do that, but but I well, think and, and, and I never read War and somebody. Peace in Braille just to be, you know, I read War and Peace in speech. I did not read it in Braille. In fact, well, I actually, don't know I, read, I read it in Braille. Braille in school because I was a good Braille reader, and I enjoyed reading. And a lot of things you couldn't get on talking book at the time uh-huh. you could get in Braille, which is reversed now, of course. Yeah, but, it uh, has reversed. You know, I, I went to school in a horse and wagon. You got a bad day in mind as well. So uh, it was a little different back then, but I love to read Braille. You know, it was a great part of my life, and I miss it. But I've had to be adaptive, and I think Renee is, is, mm-hmm. is a great example of someone who adapts. Rick, what about this constitutional change idea? Where do you stand on that? Um, well, I think what Patty was saying was loosen up the definition of of, um, right. of blindness so that you don't yeah. have to be within the legal uh, definition of blindness. Right. Um, I, I mean, I never really thought about that. Um, uh, you know, um, the interesting question is how where, where do you put the limit then? Yeah, I mean, um, to to some extent, you know, the definition of blindness, uh, arbitrary, yeah, I mean, arbitrary we use, the right word. Yeah, I mean, we, but it's we a use line, legal, it's, exactly. We it, use it, legal blindness. It's absolutely arbitrary, and it, yeah, and and it and 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 it and it uses the same definition as the federal government uses, and as some state governments use. Right. Um, but I mean, clearly, there are a bunch of folks above that limit who are substantially visually limited. Um, and and who ought one would think to be able to qualify for leadership positions in ACB, but can't. Right, right. Well, plus I I, I think you know a lot of people their prognosis is that you know they will continue to decline with their vision. Right, right. And and that's part of the federal definition. I mean, there there are some eye conditions. That, I mean, the, the definition says if within five years, it's expected that that you will progress to being legally blind, then you're good. Maybe we could adopt something like that. Um, but the difficulty is, uh, and, and I know it was the difficulty when ACB was formed, the difficulty was we didn't want to leave ourselves in a place where a bunch of sighted people could end up taking over the right. organization right. and, and, and I, leading us poor right. blind people. Yeah, and and I fully understand that, and that you know I even kind of alluded to that earlier uh, when yeah. I said that you know low vision people would you know would probably respond well to other low vision people representing them um, as opposed to you know blind people representing low vision people or vice versa. Yep. Um, so, and then yep. the other the other thing there is we are the American Council of the Blind. 
and we have to maintain a majority of blind people yep. to, to fit the parameters of our organization. So, and, and our constitution you know, a lot of things as well. We have to look at. Yes, right. that's true. Yep. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I hope you ask about, Paul, uh, and we can keep going with calls here, but I, I, I think, you know, if you look at my path in terms of services that I received as a, mm -hmm. as a blind person, it was virtually none until college, even though I was legally blind all my life. Right. And uh, I don't so, think I knew that. I always thought you had more vision than that. No, go ahead. No, I, no, yeah. I, I functioned my entire life as a, and, and, and this is, I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but I, I mean, I lived in the sighted world. I never right. met a single uh, blind person in my 34 year career, not one. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I got engaged towards the last few years as, you know, on, on these diversity panels and all that kind of stuff. And I got, I even got an AFB Employee of the Year award, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, I do. Yeah. The, um, but, um, you know, I, I, I crossed over, you know, I, 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 you know, with magnification, I was able to, to basically hold down a consulting job. And then I got to a point where, uh, I was working 80 hours a week to get 40 hours worth of uh, work done, mm -hmm. and I had a nervous breakdown, and, and mm -hmm. then I went on disability. So, um, but, but you know, I, I think my path in life would have been, uh, it may have been different, and I may have made different relationships, um, you know, had I received services earlier in my life, okay? Um, I mean, my parents were in total denial, even though my dad was legally right. blind. Um, you know, he, he never wanted to acknowledge the fact that there were services. Plus, you know, back in, in, in the day, if you will, I mean, I'm 66 years old. Um, I think attitudes may have been different about this stuff than they are today. Um, so, um, I, you know, I, don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, would, I would certainly say that, that in school, even when kids are receiving services from the special education department, um, there are a lot of partially sighted kids who run like hell to avoid having much to do with totals. Um, and, and, and on the other hand, there are a bunch of partially sighted kids who absolutely revel in, in getting involved with totally blind folks um, right. be, because they can feel superior. <laughs> yeah, I, and you know, I, I, you know, uh, you know, this whole notion of superiority in the one-eyed, uh, you know, sighted person and stuff, I, I, yeah, you know, I, it, it's somewhat offensive to me. I mean, there are definitely, <laughs> there are definitely people that, that operate that way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly think to have any kind of leadership uh, well, in the community. Uh, hold on. Uh, I, I'm going to bring David in on this. David, don't okay. you think, don't you think that the, that the, the one-eyed man is king applied a lot when, when kids were in, in blind schools? Yeah, uh, it wouldn't today, but, but yes, back in, back in the 60s and early 70s, um, yeah, you, you were, um, you know, you, you generally were able to participate in uh, we, we did a lot of athletics and we could participate better with the public school than the totally blind kids could because they had to waive the rules to allow you to have a partner to run with and that kind uh -huh. of thing. But, uh, 
But yeah, I would say then, not as much now. Why not as much now? Because uh, actually mainstreaming has changed the, the thing. Right. And, and, uh, you know, if, if you're, if you're blind quote, uh, even, you know, if you're legally blind quote, let's, let's look at it from that perspective. Well, and, and, uh, and, and it's, in it's a lot. School, you tend, they, tend to be lumped. Yeah. But then, you know, and they serve folks a lot higher than legal blindness, the public school right. system too. Sure they I do. mean, mostly it's 2070 or less. So, I mean, you've got people with lots of vision who are part of that program. Right. And actually the, the, the legally, I mean, the totally blind people now, I think in school have the advantage because their their technology is cooler. Uh, you know, if I get told one more time, uh, are you trying to smell that? You know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it is what it is, though. But uh, but no, I would say not now as much. You know, like I said, the, I think the, it's switched because the the blind uh, person's technology is is totally cooler because they can do stuff in class that the sighted kids can't do because nobody can tell they're doing it. You know, there's, there's things like that that goes on. And I think it's uh, a lot more fun now to be totally blind and low vision in school because you, you know, you're more, you're more accepted because your stuff's cooler. That's an, that's an interesting, that's an interesting question in a future Tuesday topics. We'll discuss it, but I think blind kids and sighted kids uh, used to run like hell to try to avoid carrying Braille and print books around. And until technology came along, blind kids almost had to, and, and large print kids didn't. So, <laughs> yeah, I you know I, I guess the point I was making is you know had I uh, gotten services earlier, I probably would have been socialized into the blindness community right. earlier, right, right, um, uh, than I was. And um, you know, it was actually a, a funny story how I got engaged in in the blindness community. I was doing some self advocacy and. And I, I love telling the story. I was working with the Boston Red Sox, and I was doing everything by myself. And I finally realized that to get any type of, of, of movement going with the Red Sox, I needed to have an organization behind me. So I called this Bay State Council of the Blind about two weeks later. Um, and it was Bob Hache, uh, bless his soul. Uh -huh. uh, Bob was the first person who I met in Bay State Council. About two weeks later, my phone rings. And I pick it up, and it's, hi, Rick, this is Kim Charlson, uh, the, pre the uh, director of the Talking Book Library. I'll never forget what I said to her. I said, Kim, I, I know the director of the Talking Book Library doesn't pick up the phone and call people to make recruiting calls. Okay? <laughs> so, so I've heard a lot about you, and, and you know, we had a, there was a lawyer who I was dealing with, Patrick, I uh, forget his last name, Patrick Seaver. Who told me you got to meet you got to meet Kim and Brian? You got to meet them. You'll get along great with them. So I was Kim laughed and she said, she said, yeah, you're right, Rick. She said, I I, I heard you're pretty good at getting Red Sox tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know we got Red Sox tickets. We went to a game and we became uh, great friends ever since then. So I also have a fun story and uh, I'll get off of my stories. But you know David said smell this. I was in a restaurant in Dallas once. Um, uh, there was about fifteen other people there who are all my colleagues and. And, uh, you know, I used to always treat my, uh, my blindness with a sense of humor. And, and, and um, so, uh, um, you know, whatever. But I, I have a focus range or had a focus range of like two inches, right? So okay. when, I'm when I'm reading the menu, it's up, up and, you know, my nose is pretty much 
um, you know, hitting, hit, you know, hitting the page. And then the waiter comes up to me and he says, sir, um, we do not have any scratch and sniff menus, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the table just, everybody stopped talking. And I felt these 15 sets of eyes looking in my direction. You know, even though I couldn't see them, I, f I just felt all this energy coming mm -hmm. my way. And, uh, and, and, and I, I said to the guy, I said, can you do me a favor and just get your manager over here, please? And needless to say, I didn't pay for the meal that night. And, I bet not. But, uh, but I'll never forget that. Scratch and sniff menus. But, but anyways. Huh. So, should we take another call? Yes, um, this is Carol calling from Maine, as a matter of fact, and I just wanted to tell you, I'm a relatively, I'm the very new, listen to the ACB um, um, conferences, etc., um, and I am among those people um, older, uh, been on the planet a while, and um, had poor, poor eyesight growing up, but, but I managed, I drove for a while, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and now my eyesight is is um, really deteriorating. I am absolutely le legally blind, and have gotten wonderful services from my state um, as far as help. But I've been since I've been dealing with this for a while. What struck me in hearing your conversation is in my lifetime, in my experience, I had never thought about a difference between, I mean, uh, yes, it's the obvious difference between those that are excited as I am to some extent or, or totally blind as there being a competition. That absolutely was shocking to me because that's fo totally foreign. Poor eyesight, no eyesight. It's, it, it's the same, to me, it's the same community. And one of the things that struck me in listening to you all is that you're, I think you're missing, and I know you're not, but in a way that maybe the organizations are, like myself, a little bit older, a bit older, um, and losing sight slowly and not knowing I know where to go for it. I've right. dealt with it and I'm pretty adaptive to it. But not knowing where to go for the help and just feeling their world shrink and shrink and shrink. And um, that to me in where I'm sitting is mm -hmm. the biggest service that any the state and organizations can do is this, to reach out to the folks to let them know I, I use a CCTV, I have magnified adaptive stuff on my computer, blah, blah, blah. But I'm calling you on a flip phone. So, yes. you know, just, I, just, I, wanted, I just want to raise that. It's so, it's so crucial to me. So do you, think, do you think the differences that we're making or the distinctions that we're making between partials and totals are then artificial, Carol? Um, see, in my, I, I don't pretend to have that ex the, ex the experience that all of you obviously have. So I'm not, the, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't want to be flip about it and say, yes, they are, because that doesn't feel right to me. Um, I think but I think that, that there's so much that that we could 
offer each other and can in this life offer each other. Right, right. Um, so for support without adding that line, um, uh-huh. as children, okay, fine. You know, kids, they'll, but as adults, I don't, I don't understand that. I really don't. Miss Carroll, thank you very much for your call. You're very welcome. Um, thoughts on that, Rick? Are, 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 are we being artificial? Are we all blind? I mean, you said some, something, something like that, David, at the beginning, that we're really all blind people and that, that, um, that maybe drawing a line between the two is, is dangerous. Is it dangerous? I don't think it's dangerous. I think it's something that we have to realistically do to meet the needs of both sets. Mm-hmm. However, I, I think that we do have to keep the mindset in line that we are all blind. Right. Uh, and that we need to work together for the common good. And I just think that we need to realize that there are some common goods outside of total blindness. And we do, you know, I know uh-huh. we do, but we don't do it well enough, I don't think. Fair enough. Mr. Rick, another call? And again, I'll, I'll continue to make this point. I mean, part of the reason why there isn't as much attention put on low vision folks is we've only got a third of, you know, uh, David said we don't, we don't have numbers, but Again, in the convention survey, we had a question in there that specifically said, you know, are you um, totally blind or partially sighted, right? And about a third of the people that answered the question answered as partially sighted. So that says to me we probably got about a third of ACB um, or maybe less than that in the partially sighted community. And I, I, I think sensitivities will, you know, people's exposure uh, both back and forth will increase. Um, you know, we'll have more visually impaired people interacting with blind people, blind people with visually impaired people, if we can get more visually impaired people into ACB. Um, you know, I mean, one of my crusades is that, you know, we really should as part of our membership, you know, one of the, one of the dimensions we ought to be promoting in membership is to, is the fact that, that, you know, we have a lot to offer for those who are partially sighted. So, I make the assumption as a totally blind person, and, and, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. I make the assumption that it's, that it's easier for folks with low vision to do things like complete surveys. Um, is that a fair assumption? Uh, it's an interesting question, Paul. Um, for some, yeah, it might be. Um, but um, I, I mean, I've you know, I, I've met some very, very adept, um, totally blind people that can fly right. through it, fly through a survey pretty well, right. and I've and I've met some low vision folks that can't you know can't find their way through a, a, a paper bag when it comes uh-huh. to text. Open so, at both ends, right? Yeah. So 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 I don't know. I I, I don't so know. I, D- I, David, I, is I, it is it is it know, easier I, for large print people to do it? I, I'll, I'll I'll get back to you, Rick. Yeah, I just have a problem with generalities like that. Um, well, yeah, yes, yes, and no. But uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not intending it as a generality so much as I'm intending it as, 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 as a means of, um, uh, of wondering whether there might be more or or fewer um, partials who would have completed the survey if if they didn't find it hard. So, David. 
and you know, I can only speak for me. Uh, I think, and uh, and having come from both worlds, I think I have a little advantage. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I could take a survey easier as a partial, yes, than I could as a braille reader. Uh, right now, well, you know, I can't speak for a group because there again we're. And there again, you're talking to a guy who's not a big fan of surveys because when right. you look at the total membership as opposed to the number of people that took the survey, now they're valuable. We do get a yeah. lot of, of good, so I'm not criticizing the survey. But we don't really get the true data that we need if we added visual impairment level right. to the membership list and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, you know, that, there again uh, – are you African-American? We, we need to, to know these things. Are you Hispanic? Uh, what's the difference? Are you visually impaired or are you totally blind? Yeah. You know, we need a way to gather this data. Yeah, I think we, we do need, need more data. And I think the, the membership yeah. has got to buy in and come on board with it, you know. Um, and Rick, you wanted to add something that I interrupted you on? Yeah, I, I just want to make a point that I think is important. Um, you know, every time that I've raised uh, a uh, an issue around, um, you know, access or whatever with, with visual impairment, and, you know, and I've raised that to the current leadership, um, I've never been shunned away, you know what I mean? Right. It's always been reacted to well, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so, um, you know, I would encourage people who are partially sighted here um, to just become, you know, let your voice be heard a little bit more um, because I, I, I think everybody's well-intentioned and I think, you know, leadership, I mean, Dan Spoon, you know, uh, who was the president of ACB has, you know, had RP, has RP, he's totally blind now, but, you know, he lived his life uh, as a sighted person for, for several years. And, he did. You know, you know, and, and, you know, this whole thing about survey, you know, you take somebody that's late in RP where they're just dealing with a pinpoint, you know, vision where they're, you know, they've got, you know, their foot in both worlds or they, they're, they're struggling with, you know, so still trying to use vision and, and trying to transition into the, into the uh, speech world and stuff. You know, something like a survey, I could see that being very problematic, you know, working with a spreadsheet could be, could be very, very problematic. Right. But, and but, and but, I, as a totally blind person, actually, did the survey and and there 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 were two components i couldn't do because i was doing it on a phone um and 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 so you know i i i'm not suggesting that only partially sighted persons are likely to have trouble with the survey but but i i was i, I was just interested in trying to get a, a general sense from you guys as as to whether partials uh would have been likely to find the survey easier and and the answer is we probably don't know <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, so is you know some yes, some no. I mean, yeah. yeah. Shall we take another call? Yeah, sure. Um, Wes. Yes, this is how I feel. You know, I'm basically I'm high partial. I mean, like twenty two hundred. Sometimes a good day twenty one fifty. But the same thing is around ACB. Sometimes I feel like I'm kind of left in the dust or swept under the rug. Sometimes when. I'm in the room, everybody's talking about, you know, materials and Braille, and they're going, oh, goggle over their guide dogs. Like, I only use a cane for ID purposes when I'm out in traffic, you know, and, and like, I'm the only one. Everybody's into using JAWS on their computers, 
and like I'm the only one in the room that that is interested and that is a that uses Zoom text, and huh. so I kind of feel that, and I've been looking at like I joined CCLBI when I heard about that at convention last year. Uh-huh. And then also, there's another organization I've kind of joined in, which more matches my condition, my vision problem, not in visual acuity, but also on the type of vision itself. And that's with NOAA, which uh-huh. stands for National Organization of Albinism Hyperpigmentation. And I kind of been torn between the, the two, whether it's to stay ACB, should I go NOAA or do both? And Oh, I hope you'll do both. But at the conference, at a virtual conference this last summer, some somebody in NOAA encouraged me to go with both. You know, mm-hmm. try to put in both worlds. And so then with NOAA, I noticed like they have something there called low vision driving by optic driving, which you know yep. is really cool. And I went to an eye doctor and he says I can I can do it. He he looked me over. And the thing is like if I go to NOAA, it's like like bioptic driving, low vision driving is all over NOAA. You know, they're always talking about, oh, you can and have a big, at the conferences, they have a whole full day workshop. Right. You know, have to pay extra for this, dedicated to it. But ACB, ACB would not touch bioptic or low vision driving with a 10 foot pole. You won't hurt one. Well, well, there was a time then we, that, that we did, Wes. I mean, and, and we, we have certainly intervened to try to make sure that bioptic bi- driving. Um, was legal in in as many states as we could manage to get it legal in, because as you know, there are lots of states where it's not allowed. Gotcha. Um, but like, but 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 we don't ignore it. But it, it certainly isn't high on our agenda. And and also, it's like maybe knows it's around ACB, like at the meetings and stuff at the conventions. But when it went to your exhibit hall last year, noticed you did have quite a bit of the uh, uh, high partial. Right. Old- Things right. you know, a lot of right. magnifying CCTVs. Heck, I uh-huh. pick up a couple of new magnifying glasses and a monocular because mine are working kind of worn. Thank mm-hmm. you to Mac Gates. And also, this one guy, one vendor has really neat little, like a little face worn thing you wear on your face and it can magnify stuff, you know, using video. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of big and cumbersome and bulky, and I sure hope the guy pursued it. To try to get the thing, you know, re- reduced in size, you know. Yeah, there, so there's some tiny that. ones now, Wes. Um, so, Wes, when you're using um, when you're using Zoom text, do you use speech on it, or or do you just use the the large print? I just been using a large print, but after talking with one of the uh, workshops at the uh, convention this year, and talk, told him how I had a problem with one job where I was let go because of too inefficient. They encourage me. They recommend that I switch to Fusion. They have now try to use both screen yes. reading and magnification, which I'm mm-hmm. probably going to be pursuing in the future. And also, one more thing I'd like to say before you know, you guys cut me off here. Yeah. One thing that I noticed between you know partial blindness, you know, you know, low vision, high partial versus total blindness, it's almost like they're like two totally different disabilities. Uh-huh. The person totally blind, they have a different experience, different needs as somebody who is partially blind. It's almost like a totally different world. It's just like it's it's almost like it's a totally different disability or different handicap, if you may say you want to call it that. It's like it's uh-huh. almost like once you can one's a dog almost. And yet the person that's partially sighted, vision impaired, low vision is not sighted. <laughs> yeah. But but they're not blind either, huh? 
Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. Though yeah. I sit under the qualification as legally blind, you know, and I kind of act like a deaf person, you know, because <laughs> I'm to the point where I balk at the word blind. I don't like to be called blind. I like to say I like to identify as visually impaired because when I say blind, people think they need to pick me up to cure me, you know, to, to a place I want to go, you know, and they want to hand stuff to me in Braille. And I yeah. just like the word blind anymore. I like to say, I'm visually impaired. I'm not blind. I mean, I almost, no offense to anybody, but it's just, it just gets to that point, you know. It's like, legally yeah. I like to say I'm blind, but I like to say, but in society, when people hear the word blind, the thing about a person that sees nothing, it's like, you know, they, they got the covers over their eyes all the time, or they have yeah. off their eyes, what they think about. And don't think about somebody like me that sees everything like they do, but they see it in low resolution, which is basically what my eyesight is. It's like it's the old TV. It's like maybe the, the old foreign PAL television versus high-def TV, you know, yep. is, is that what my vision is like. It's like so I can see everything, but think about if that was in low resolution. You know, it's like it's not like I got black felt over my eyes. And, Gotcha. Wes, thanks a lot for your call, sir. We appreciate it. Yep. Uh, Rick or, or uh, Mr. Trot, any, any thoughts on, on what Wes was talking about? You know, he, he made one of the best points of, of, of any of us tonight in that if, if you're out and you tell somebody you're blind and you have some vision, they don't get it. But what he didn't say, or and it may not be his experience, but it's been mine. If you tell somebody you're low vision, they say, oh, yeah, I, I am too. And I said, no, you're driving a car. You know, you really don't have low vision. Uh, you may have a visual impairment, but I can't see the curb or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. they, they really don't get it. And, and he's right. It, it, it is like two different disabilities. And... Uh, I want him to know that I appreciate his call. I think it was a good point. Me too. Yeah, I always, Mr. I, I always appreciate Wes's calls. Um, he, um, you know, he, he brought up the whole notion too of multiple disabilities where, you know, that just adds another layer on top of things too. But uh, yeah, he made some good points. The point about two disabilities, you know, being unique disabilities, I, I had never really considered that Um um, but but to some extent, you know, there's, um, you know, they, they are different phenomenon, right? I mean, if you've got some vision, that's different than someone who's got no vision. And uh, so, so anyways. So to keep one other point, Paul. Yeah, uh, before sir. Before we move too far out. Um, he was talking about the exhibits. Uh, to give you an idea of the differences in, in vision, even the companies that bring low vision devices don't get it. If they're handheld magnifiers, for example, uh, they don't bring a wide enough selection. You have to fit into that certain range right. to get what they bring. They, they really don't. Uh, and I've brought this up to ACB on many occasions and have absolutely got nowhere with it. But, you know, some people use a 21X magnifier. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like rich. Mm -hmm. 12x on zoom check yeah of us use a 21x and some use an eight yeah and and uh there there's really not enough variety and, and we really need to look at when we bring our exhibitors in of telling them you know hey we got 
a wide range of people. We need this stuff. Interesting. All right. Mr. Rick, shall we take another call? Yeah, sure. Donna, please. Donna. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Um, so, you know, I, I, I agree that, okay, so ACB is doing a great in giving knowledge in, um, if, you're gonna, if you have no sight at all or what you can do if you lose your sight. Okay. But like people who are in the process of losing their vision still have jobs. That could be a problem if they don't know what to do. Um, like I'm in the process of now, uh -huh. I would rather use the vision I have because I feel like if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, you hear that all the time. Um, and, um, but in my job, it's getting so the, I'm having to use Zoom Tech so big, I sometimes miss things on the screen. And that even happens to me when I'm doing a Zoom, like the other night when I was trying to get in my room and trying to get the people in. I did not see that there was a message there for me until I finally found it after looking uh, on the screen a million times. Um, I do use um, speech sometimes, like if something's on my phone, because the putting a magnifier on my phone is just it's just not cool because it's this big few words on a tiny screen, you know, yeah. and it's yeah. not efficient. So I'll listen. Um, but I think if we can just get information out there to people about what they can do, if they're running into these problems, especially, you know, people are getting older and use, losing their vision or people who are noticing they are, and they're still working and blah, blah, but also just get the word to the community there. There's a difference in, um, so Miss Don, Miss Donna, I think what I'm hearing you say, but correct me if I'm wrong, I think what I'm hearing you say is that, uh, is that we're not doing a good enough job of providing really good solutions for, for partially sighted folks. Yes. Yes, but also you're, we need to get more word out to the communities about... Um, what you know, we can't offer. Right. And like in the communities, like, like the people were saying before me, if mm -hmm. you tell somebody you're low vision, they just think you can see. They don't understand right. differences. <laughs> and that's a problem. You know, I'm, I use a cane um, because I was falling off sidewalks. But some people think I'm blind. Um, uh -huh. Now, there may be instances where I do need your help, but they seem really surprised when I say I can follow you. And yeah. so and it can, it can be really embarrassing. Yeah, so so it's also it's also hard to get the kind of recognition you'd like to get as a partial, yeah? Yes. Got it. Miss Donna, thank you so much. Hey Donna, you know, you know it's maddening, you know, you probably use Zoom text the way I do, right? You you get used to where things are on the screen. Yeah. And where what's maddening is when they redesign the screen and you go to find something and ain't there anymore. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just get so upset when that happens. But anyways. Yep. Yeah, I'm having to start learning how to figure it because I don't even know how to integrate speech into my job, but I may have to or I may lose my job because I'm already doing 850% on Zoom. Wow. Well, yeah. on the reader on the computer. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Zoom's got some pretty good speech functions built into Zoom too. But. Yeah, but my, right now they're having me use um, the one on Windows. Um, and that was fine because they were having to reorder my Zoom, but and we're a nonprofit, so I told them it would be okay to use the one on Windows. 
I hope that was a good choice, but you know, well, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's the best choice. I think, you know, I, I, I think trying to use magnifier on Windows is not is not really going to get it for you in the long run, especially if your vision's getting worse. So, yeah. So I mean, I, I would, I would at least get them to seriously consider. Or you can even go to your rehab and tell them you're in danger of losing your job, and they'd buy the equipment for you. I think. Oh, I did that already, and they, they're like, well, unless you're looking for another job, we, we can't help you. Oh, I don't know. If you got a letter from your boss saying you were likely to lose your job, they'd have to help you. That's true. Well, and, and, and two, a good answer would be to get the ZoomText magnifier Fusion. reader. And yeah. uh, I wouldn't recommend jumping right into Fusion because nope. essentially the voice and reading abilities of Fusion is JAWS. Yeah. I would start out with with the zoom text reader and yep. what I would do is, is go in. They've done a great thing now and done the annual membership. So it's less than a hundred dollars a year and you have yeah. the full access to the program and all of the updates and tech support. Uh, and I'd have my, my bosses look at that and, and just, you know, do some research first before you go in and then tell them all the advantages you would have because yeah, I, the, I think the that's the thing to do. Miss Donna so much better. Okay. Thank you. And, uh -huh. and Donna, if, if you have any problems, if you would, uh, my email address is my name, David Trot at charter.net. Just shoot me an email and, and uh, you know, we can talk about it. If, okay. if you need right. any advice on it, I'll be glad to help you. All right. And I can also PM your wife. We're friends on Facebook. Right. You can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. I hear someone else there. Oh. Yeah, from uh, Centralia, Washington. And I want to kind of rewind back to something that we discussed earlier, and that is about um, th uh, the good explanations for why in the beginning it was decided that uh, partially sighted people over a certain, uh, over a certain amount of... Um, site could not be president or vice president. This is something that I don't think enough people really explain. Um, and that is because of the, the differences between um, well, various power factions uh, and that the, the they were afraid during the beginning of the organizations of the blind that sighted people or anybody with any kind of sight would take over the organization. As well, I think that, that it was really yeah. true that, that a one-eyed man is king in country is blind. Exactly. I, I got um, yeah. yeah, and they were afraid of that. And I think what we need to do is actually um, be able to, it, since since we can't tell often when I'm, I'm looking at the local chapter level especially, since we can't tell when a sighted or a partially sighted person has walked into the room because they often just they kind of find a place to sit and be quiet and we don't know they're there. Uh -huh. um, but if we could be, we could learn to. Um, put into our literature possibly a, a something about if you're partially sighted you're welcome 
you know, don't mention the word blind yet in that in that context. Just say if you're if you happen to be partially sighted, you're you're welcome to come and be a part of an equal part of who think, we are. You know, that's and a good point, Chris. Yep. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So can I come in? It's Deborah you can. Kendrick. You can. Um, so Paul, the first thing I want to say is that this is absolutely the best show I think you've ever done. And Thank you. you you have just been brilliant and Rick and David are just both so eloquent and wow, we need more of this. This is this is fabulous. Um so um so one observation that I wanted to make, and then I'm going to kind of throw out a question that will probably, you know, <laughs> draw all kinds of hate mail for me or something. Um, so the observation is, I think Renee was saying it earlier about, you know, using a combination of skills, and, and David certainly has talked about it. I... I what I do most is observe, and I've observed a lot of blind and low vision people over a lot of years, and it seems to me that the most successful, most productive are almost always, and note that I say almost always, but are almost always those who can use a combination of skills, who can use some speech and some braille or some braille and some large print who can mix it up and get and 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 i as a completely blind person use a hybrid of skills to to be as efficient as i can and i just throw that out because i think people need to think about it so now here's the question that i want to Ta -da. <laughs> trouble trouble's coming <laughs> um <clears throat> so this is such a complicated issue because the problem is some low vision people don't want to be called blind and some totally blind people don't want to be called blind either. Personally, it's okay with me. I am what I am. You know, I, 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 I've never, never grasped the problem with it. What but would they want to be called instead if they were totally blind? Oh, I know lots of totally blind people who prefer to say they're visually impaired. And oh, sometimes I'll tell the truth. Sometimes, I say, if I'm on the phone with somebody and I need them to help me with tech support, and I, uh, and I know they're going to like die of fright when I say I'm blind, yeah. so I say oh, I'm visually impaired. I can't see that. Uh, that, that. That's easier for them to handle. So, so it's a euphemism. Yeah. So, so my my question is, okay, I I've been thinking about it the whole evening. But it really got kicked into high gear when Carol said that she's kind of offended when people think she's blind when she's not really blind because she's got some sight and she can do some stuff. So I want to ask, what about the other side of it? Those of us, you know, we are the minority in the population. Maybe not in an organization, but in the population. No, you're talking about totals, yeah. Totally blind people are way, yeah. you said 10% in your promo. I did. I've always I quoted one percent. So I don't. I don't think one percent right. It, yeah. it's tiny. Well, any way you look yeah. at it. So we are the minority. So I personally sometimes resent my low vision friends, and they are often friends. But when they say, 
I'm blind. And then somebody says to me, oh, Joe Schmo is so amazing because, you know, he's blind too, but he comes into the room and he knows right where I'm standing. He knows right where the bar is or where the best seat is or, you know, he recognizes Susie from across the room. Well, yeah, because he's got some sight and I don't. Um, so, <laughs> so maybe this is a whole other program for you, Paul. I don't know. But what I want to know is from Rick and David, who have just been so beautiful and so eloquent, are you aware of that? Are you aware of that sometimes your ability to see minimizes us, diminishes us in a way that maybe is not intentional? And have you ever thought about ways, because that's what we all need to talk about, is ways to even it out, where there are some things we totally blind people do better, and there are some things that people with some vision do better and and how I don't know do are we aware of each other and can we help each other but I especially want to know do, are you aware of that thing like how it kind of puts us down when huh. when you you say you're blind but you can see the menu and we can't even see it or see where it is for Pete's sake well, I'm usually <laughs> glad they can see it um Miss Deborah thank you um we will put the question to our panel uh, Mr. David, you want to start? Yeah, um, actually, you know, I'm, I've seen it before. I've, I've seen it happen before, and I may have even been guilty of it. Uh, my problem with, with it is I'm a forward learner, and I think that none of us are a forward learner enough to know that if, say, Paul, you and I sat down and we're both looking at a menu and the, and the restaurant's dark and you've pulled it up, on your Braille device, uh -huh. I learned from that. Uh, yeah. I learned how blind people do things because at a lot of times they're, uh, you know, helpful to me. So, so and, I and I might at a, that a point, point, I might at that point be able to read the menu better than you could. Absolutely. And, uh, but, but at no time, I, I don't think we intentionally do it, but she has a valid point. I think that sometimes we probably we probably are guilty of, Mr. Rick. Yeah, I I mean Deborah's point's very 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 well taken. Um, the uh, something I find myself doing um, when I'm really uh, you know uh, when I have a blind friend who really knows me and I know them very well, I find myself doing things that if I did it to a normal blind person would be very offensive to them. You know, I, I, you know, I, I say, Brian, grab my arm and, and, you know, and, and I just lead, lead them someplace. Um, and, um, it, it, it's, um, you know, it, 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 it's, you know, a dynamic that's, that's there. I, 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 um, you know, I, I think we've got to be sensitive on, on, you know. I have never, I don't, I don't think I've ever felt the way Debbie feels. I, I don't think I've ever perceived myself as, as being jealous of the amount that other people can see. Um, I, I think I'm probably more guilty of using people who have, who have some <laughs> vision than I am of anything else. 
Um, and, I, and, it's, it's not and, jealousy. I want to clarify that. It's not jealousy. I, I don't think so either. It's, 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 re, it's resenting right. the unfairness of the, of the public perception. Right. Okay, so if I have a friend who's blind, but, you know, has 2070, and she uses a guide dog, and I use a guide dog, and we're both at a party, she can she can walk around the room and find everybody in the room and she yeah. can you know offer people drinks and snacks and the whole nine yards right i don't look so cool because i can't do that because i don't know where they are and 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 so that's the context i'm talking about is where someone else will say to me well my friend who's blind and and you know sometimes they name the friend and i know the friend and i know that friend has a it, vision. <laughs> it sounded to me, Deborah, like like there is a little of both. So, I, so no, no, it's not because I'm saying the other way is true too. Because there are times when I know when I'm with a low vision friend, and I've got something in Braille, and they've got something in print. I love the fact that I can help them. I say, hey, let me do this. I can read this to you, and I love that. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I'm talking about. Is maybe we need new labels. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't call us all blind. Maybe we should stress blind and low vision to be more honest about which disability we have. Yeah. So there and was a period in our history where, where uh, there was talk about having different colored canes, you know, white canes for blind people and then another colored uh -huh. cane for partials. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there, there was a big movement. And, 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 and ACB... Uh, I, I mean, ACB. I think, um, uh, though I, I don't know. I don't remember a resolution, but I think ACB was opposed to having multicolored canes. Um, and 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 I I still think it's right. I I I. How would you, how would you identify them differently? And 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 would the general public ever really get it, Deb? I think to educate each other, I think it comes from within. It comes from us. And if we talk about this difference among ourselves and say, hey, you know what? If when you guys are out there, if you say, you know, I'm blind or I'm, I like the term low vision personally. I like it a lot because because you're not blind. You have some vision. And if you say low vision... And you explain to people, you know, that basically means I'm blind, but there are some things I can see. Then yeah. that's educating the public. And then when I come along and I say, I mean, I, this is something I say all the time. I'm blind. And they say, they always say, how much can you see? How much can you see? And I say, you know, there aren't very many of us who don't see anything, but you're really lucky. You got me because I'm the real deal. I see Dilly squat. <laughs> so... <laughs> but I think that's what I'm talking about is working about on it from within so that, so that our friends who have enough vision, they can almost drive a car or can drive a car. Don't tell everybody they're blind and soak up the joy of being told they're amazing. Oh my God, you're blind and you can read that. That is so cool. I have, I had a blind friend in college and he couldn't do that. Well, of course not. Because he was totally blind, you know. So yeah. that's that's what I'm saying. Is just if we could work together to to help. So 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 we bar high partials from calling themselves blind. 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm raising the question. I'm not proposing the answer. No, yeah, it it, it kind of sounds to me a little bit like, um, uh, you know, high partials having a superiority comp complex in some cases. And, sometimes, sometimes, uh, or, or certain grandiosity. Um, yeah, and and. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I you know, and, and it all comes down to relationships. Um, I, I mean, when I'm, when I'm, I've, I've got a bunch of blind, of totally blind friends, and we respect each other, right? And we trust, right. and we trust each other. Yeah. <laughs> so some of the things that, that if we didn't have that relationship, you know, may, may not have have worked or may not have been appropriate. Are just something that that you know that that we deal with. Um, yep. And, and so. I think it needs to come from both sides. Uh, the word blind is too inclusive. And if I walk up to you, Paul, and I don't know you, and you say I'm blind, then you put yourself in that general category. If you said I am blind and have no vision. It would be just like me saying I'm blind, but I have some vision. You know, I, I think that I think that we probably need to look in this day and age at a clarifier. Uh, I don't know I'm, how serious it is, but I mean, I don't have a problem with saying I'm totally blind. I mean, that doesn't bother me. Oh, I don't have no problem telling people you're totally blind either. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Do we have another caller? In? Yeah, we got a bunch of hands up. So. Uh, Terry, please. Good evening. Hey, Terry. Um, hey, Terry. Another of them darn partials. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're everywhere. <laughs> we're everywhere, <laughs> like some other things. <laughs> uh, first of all, somebody said earlier, and I think they're right, Paul, this is one of the best shows you've ever done, I think. Um, it certainly has uh, put a, given everybody a lot to think about. I think um, David and Ron and uh, Rick, I'm sorry, I'm not saying this right. David and Rick, we all need to get together because we, we all are in like so much agreement. It's amazing. <laughs> I think, but getting back to a couple of different points that have come up, one of them, um, this, whether it's a competition or whether you know, with Deb's question. I think Deb's question is very interesting. I think one of the things um, that is interesting that I don't know how aware necessarily totally blind people tend to be, but because I live in a situation where I'm a pretty high partial and my husband is totally blind, we get both reactions an awful lot. And, you know, it's not at all uncommon. We might be we're going out somewhere and the cab driver will automatically jump out and open the door for him. And it's like, you go do whatever you want, lady. <laughs> 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 um, and it's just something that nobody really thinks about. Uh, but definitely there are two different, there, there are so many different categories in this. It's like the whole issue even with low vision. What is low vision? Is where so much of the problem comes in because what I use for, with, with my vision is totally different than what David may use with his. I happen to know Braille, JAWS, Zoom text, 
I don't use them as my, as my primary medium. I know them all. I work with them all, all every day. But, you know, in my primary medium, I have, in Word, I have it set to 16-point print. Um, as far as if I've got a long document to read, I use, I have a screen reader that I prefer that cost me $75, if that much. Um, I've told people about it in CCLVI, and it's like, well, no, why don't you use JAWS? Why don't you use Zoom text? You know why? Because $75 is a heck of a lot cheaper, and it does the job that I need for it. Mm -hmm. There's a, there are apps for the, for the iPhone that are fabulous. That One of them costs, I think, 99 cents, Lumen. It, mm -hmm. You can do almost anything with it. So many of the magnifiers are also similar. The one thing about um, adaptive technology is people end up with it because our rehab services. I think that that's where there's a lot of problems with yep. in the rehab centers. That's what we're, we're, the piece we're missing is that there are so many people who, who oh, okay, well, we can get you a $4,000 this, yeah. $2,000 that. But, you know, for the average person, whose vision is, whose might be losing vision, and they might be a 2080 or 2200 or 2400. They don't need all of that, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And that option, it's like you have an option. You either don't get anything or you get a gazillion dollars worth of stuff that we provide. That you can't use or that, that you won't use. That you, that you won't use, exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a real disservice that the rehab system is giving to a lot of these people so we hear are in the process of losing sight. We hear a lot of talk about training in technology on community calls. Um, are, maybe we're not doing a good enough job of providing training to partials to, or, or to people with low vision on, on options that are out there for low vision folks. It's all, it's all training that, that'll apply to everybody, so it's kind of all speech-oriented. Should should we be doing more to provide training for, uh, for 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 partials about apps that are out there and that kind of thing, Terry? I think we should absolutely. I, here's yeah. an example. I've been doing um, hosting on a lot of the community calls and facilitating some, and right. I asked about some of the uh, when they would started doing the training for people on uh, for hosting calls. I was the there was one other person who was hosting who uses the keyboard. I mean, who uses this, this does not use a screen reader. Right. And so Interesting. it was like, oh, no, we, we, you know, you'll have to, I had to so learn truly it on my own. You, you had to learn it yourself and there was nobody who could teach you. Right, exactly. Yep. And, that, that, and I Good don't point. mean that as any, I don't mean that as any slam at Cindy. Or no, and I, none of us are criticizing. We're yeah. simply... We're simply yeah. pointing out differences. Yeah. Terry, I'm going to throw you off because we got lots of other people waiting. Go right ahead. Enjoy the, uh, thoroughly enjoying your evening. I agree with everything Thank you. Terry, Terry said. And one thing we haven't even touched on tonight, Paul, is you know something that we dabbled with in last year's convention, and that's video. Um, and, right. And it was really interesting <laughs> how people were reacting to it uh, on both sides of the fence. Um, and, yeah, uh, I hate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, trying to get you on camera was 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 really a trip. But well, the, the camera was very lucky not to have to deal with me, and that's fine. No, 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 no but but 
but but but it was very interesting and it and, was but but let's let's keep going with the calls because if you get yeah. me going on but, this topic we go I, i'll to go the rest call. of the night uh david go before ahead. we go to the next call there's something that's coming up that's really scaring the hell out of me if you want to be honest about it yeah we we are not and i don't want us to perceive that we are uh i want us to look at inclusion there is yes. no, there should yes. be never a competition yes. for any kind of services that ACB gives or works yes. with. Yes. So the, I, I ask people to really look at that and look at, I know we hate this word inclusion. A lot of people do. I think it's great because it's, it's less offensive, but there is no competition folks. We, we don't uh, need a competition. Yeah, I, I, I think so that what we've certainly demonstrated tonight is there appear to be some omissions in ACB. I don't think they're intentional, but I think they're there. Oh, I, I think they're, I think they're definitely there. I just, uh, as we move forward, I think this is a great beginning and uh -huh. I don't want to see us move forward with a mindset of this is a competition. That's well, what and, really and, and actually what, what I hope will happen is that both sides so that, you know, and I'll probably, within the next two months, be inviting the president of CCLVI and whoever she wants to bring and the president of BRL um, to do a call together so great. that we can talk some of these things out. Um, I, I think, I, I, but, but I think there's a lot for both sides of the total uh, versus partial and the Braille versus large print folks to think about that have come out of tonight's program. And I hope that's, that's where we go to right. some new directions that actually that actually create more inclusion period yeah and um, just and it's kind of an elephant in the room syndrome too i mean to some extent if we can foster dialogue between you know the 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 partials the and and people who are total right. um on, on some of these in you know some of these intersections um i i think that's healthy i think it is too another call mr rick yeah uh, zelda please Miss Gephardt, maybe? Yes, it is. Hello. Good evening. And Hello, Paul, Zelda. thank you so much for bringing up this 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 issue. Um, I think it's something that we do need to talk about and be aware of. Um, I've enjoyed tonight's call. Um, I I'd like to put out there that I think we have um, people with uncorrectable vision loss. We all have more in common than 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 we have different, <laughs> and and that might not be a popular uh, stance tonight, but I I really think that we do. And um, I look at my totally blind friends, and and I believe that they're not all the same. Um, just like um, myself as a low vision person. I'm not the same as other people who have low vision. We all want something and need something different. Um, the, the totally blind um, may have been blind since birth. Now they're going to be uh, have different needs and different abilities than somebody who has become blind, you know, later on in life um, from, a, from an accident. So I, I would like us to look at people first and not try and label each other uh -huh. um but but to totally take each person as a person um you know each person with you know who 
like I said, has uncorrectable vision loss and evaluate them, uh, deal with them, associate with them as another another human being. Um, and like David said, you know, with that inclusiveness um, that we're kind of all in this together. Um, something, you know, we have a lot that we do uh, struggle with that is very much the same. Um, but we are all individuals who are very different. Right, right. With different needs and, and, and different values. Yeah. Right, right. So mm-hmm. I just I just wanted to bring that up. I think I think we're more alike than we are different. Miss um, mm-hmm. Zelda, thank you so much for your call. You're sure welcome. Mm-hmm. That was very well said. Said Zelda, Boy. thank you, Mr. Rick. Yeah, Karen. One of the good things y'all did by making me wait, which is good. I'm glad to do it. The idea of having CCLVI and BRL together would help because. My question originally was, so we're trying to be blend together to separate ourselves, is I was going to ask why we have CCLV actions. Ever since that organization has been in existence, I have never quite figured out why they exist. Oh, I I think there are loads of reasons. So stay tuned for that program later on, and we'll tell you why. Okay, now, my next comment is about differences between being total in and being partially sighted versus being totally uh-huh. sighted. I used to be partially sighted. My vision has since deteriorated. So I wish I could relearn some of the things I took in often at my local rehabilitation center. Uh-huh. I knew how to do as a partially sighted person that I'm kind of struggling with now that they don't offer that one two times in a row to people. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to retake that course as somebody that essentially is totally blind. I have enough vision to get me in trouble. And it and Paul, which brings up the next point. My my list has grown to the first. Uh, oh, raise my hand. Is I went to Lear Dog School years ago when I was with my ex-husband, and I wanted a blindfold. Because I almost ran into a pole because my I could I could see something shiny in my eye and I I didn't realize how close I was to it. The mobility instructor said, "You're fixing to run into that pole." I, and then the next morning I said, "May I have a blindfold?" And they said, "No, your doctor didn't order it." You're you're yeah, probably the first the first blind person I know, Karen, who has who has requested a blindfold. That's interesting. That's another whole show, maybe, to talk about the use of blindfolds in orientation mobility. But well, I kid you not, I, I I was so mad at him because my doctor didn't know what happened at school. He wasn't there, and had I had a blindfold, I would have relied on my dog more. Yeah, is what I should have done in the first place. Yep. But Miss <laughs> Karen, we've got a gazillion people, so yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to say yeah. thank you thank and 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 and. We'll talk soon, Mr. Rick. I'll call you when the thing's over. Uh-huh. <laughs> Patty, please. Patty? Um, I've got a comment, and then I want to make an announcement. Um, first of all, um, I am a bioptive driver. So when people say, well, you drive a car, that's correct. I do. But when it comes to reading print or 
depending on the lighting, um, there's times that I don't drive because of the situation of the weather right. um, or if it's at night. But right. when it comes to reading print, um, 90% of the time, I am using some kind of magnification. Mm-hmm. So I can't just read a bank statement. I can't read just a regular book. So mm-hmm. um, I do use different devices. Um, I have a new eyes. I have a CCTV, a magnifier on my phone, my iPad. So I adapt to it. And I guess that's growing up in a blind world. I guess I've learned to adapt. Um, When I was a child, um, I didn't want to be the head honcho. I just wanted to fit in. Right. So a lot of the time I went to the school for the blind and hung out with my friends. Right. Um, But I didn't get to play sports because even yet today, even though kids from the county can go to the school for the blind to play sports, they still have to fall under that 20 over 200 in order to play the sports at the school for the blind. Well, that's too bad. That's not fair. No. So, so Ms. Patty, just to be clear, so that other people who may not know you don't know this, both your mom and dad were blind, yeah? My my mom's been totally blind. My dad used to have vision. Um, our vision can go in a minute. He went uh-huh. into surgery and came out totally blind. Um, yep. and, and that was his good eye. His his bad eye went before that. Uh-huh. So it, Excellent. You know, so I've I've learned to adapt um to where I need you know, I need it. Um if I see somebody in the store that is struggling to see something um, I'll bring out my phone if they want, you know, I'll say, Hey, you know, do you need me to read something for you? Or, and they say, Oh, well, are you visually, are you blind too? I'm like, no, I'm not blind. I'm visually impaired. And, um, I could show you, you know, they have a smartphone in hand. Let me show you how to do that. So, um, I, I advocate all the time. Um, Excellent. You do. But the, other thing I want to say is CCLVI has a lot of events. We have a coffee call every Friday. Um, we do have game night. Uh, we have a chat on the, well, it was the fourth Friday of the month. We might be changing that. So if you can go to our website at cclvi.org and sign up for our email list, um, you will get all the information and when things are happening. And if you are not able to do that, um, then you can give me a call or an 800 number a call. And um, my number is 502-905-0869. And just don't call after 10 p.m. Eastern, please. Very good. Thank you, Miss Patty. And we're going to do a call soon with CCLBI and BRL on the same call. So, Sounds so great. Stay, Let me know when. stay tuned for a call and we'll be, we'll be inviting you to come. And CC, CCLVI uh, every year at, when we do the physical conventions, got a dynamite program too. So they, they do. Um, and, and I mean, they had a good program this year virtually and they will next year too, but, but check them out at convention. They're, they're really yep. good stuff. Traveling right. Terry. Traveling Terry. All right. That's what it says here. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Um, First of all, I just want to say 
This call is amazing. It's only my second um, Tuesday topic, and I am just so excited to hear this conversation. Um, I don't know what I am, except I'm human first. And I think we all need to remember that we're all human first. Good point, Ms. Terry. I recently lost my sight just three years ago. I drove to work on September 26th, and that was the last time I drove a car, a golf cart, worked in the medical field. I lost my whole world as both of my retinas detached spontaneously. Yes. Now, I don't call my, my family and my friends. They don't know what I am. I just tell them I'm human first with vision augmentation that occurred. But with mm -hmm. my mom, in public, she always yells, she's blind. I respect the total blind community. I don't like saying I'm blind because I tell Heavenly Father, thank you for the sight that I do have. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, I, everyone's like, what do you see? I said, you know, when you do the eye chart, you know, that big letter on top? Yeah. I just see the fuzzy big letter on top. And I memorized it and I can pass yeah. the whole test. And <laughs> but anyways, long story short, I'm really excited that you guys are looking at this because um, I just joined ACB about maybe a month, month and a half ago. I did not know that these Zoom calls just started. And I pray that you guys do not drop these off once we get out of this. I don't know. There's a little virus going around. And um, <clears throat> and keep these Zoom calls because it has really helped me come off the edge and feel a part of the community because I'm not totally blind. I'm not, I can't drive a you know, there's so many things that I can't do, but I can still remember because I had sight. So mm -hmm. I call myself VIP blind because, yeah. <laughs> because then that way people are, this is what I get. Okay. Either they're like, oh, okay, you're blind, or they're like, wait, what's VIP blind? And I'm like, oh, there's a spectrum of blindness, just like there is with other disease processes. But um, I am just super excited that change is coming because I was very involved in American Heart, American Lung. I was a president of a lot of things and a lot of organizations that we had 20 to 50,000 to 150,000 yep. members. And Coming from the other side, um, I'm getting a lot of resistance about change in ACB. And I was almost at the point that I'm like, well, you know, having that attitude towards change to become proficient and efficient is very limiting. But I do respect that we can't have everyone on an executive board have one representation. You definitely have yep. to have a diverse representation. And I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail, but I just want to say, what's wrong if we have one delegation that might be cited? Maybe someone that was a past congressman or someone that had a past leadership that can bring those leadership skills and mentoring, mm -hmm. too. I mean, I just think we really need to think out of the box. And on that note, Good point. Um, I just Thank want you, to Ms. say, Terry. Cindy has done a beautiful job. And I am facilitating already two calls every week. And Excellent. it makes me feel so wonderful to be finally a part of a community um, where I can have my talents and help others. So I'm excited. 
And I wanted to well, say thank you for this wonderful call. Glad to have you, Miss Terry. Let's say to Terry, welcome aboard. It's great to have you. Absolutely. And from the sound of what you're already doing, we certainly welcome your enthusiasm and your input. So don't let people discourage you. Move forward, girl, and work because you're doing a great yeah, job. And, and, and just keep listening that. to Tuesday topics, and you'll recognize the changes. <laughs> what we're all about, and and sign up for sign up for the podcast too. You know exactly. And what is CCLBI? Oh, it's that is the Council with Citizens with Low Vision International. Okay, and that's Thank Council you. of Citizens yeah, with uh, Low Vision I'm International. <laughs> David speaks Alabama. He can't help. Hey. It. I don't mind. I love them Dreamland ribs in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Miss Terry. Now, now you're talking. My God, I think we're at, at our last uh, call, Paul. We are. Uh, Susan, please. Susan. All right. Thank you. Make it um, quick, too, Miss Susan. I will. I think this has been a wonderful show, Paul. And I think solutions are. And learning more about each other and understanding more about each other. I think that's right. Um, I think that's right. I think I think we all have to to kind of uh, learn from each other. But I, thank you, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Susan. Let me give David a chance to say something in about a minute. Okay. The, the one thing I want to leave everybody with is that we are now an inclusion organization and that we're working hard we're not there yet but we are working hard to get to that level the only other thing i'd like to say is the i'd like to announce uh, i wasn't even familiar with this organization uh cove virtual vision fair starts thursday and it will run every thursday through the month there's four different topics uh, people on leadership, please send it out to your membership so that people can get involved. I'm, I'm going to take a listen to that. It's 10 a.m. in the morning. So, you know, I know everybody can't, but uh, they look like they have some good topics, and it'll be great. And I just want to thank everybody that called in and is listening because this is important to the people with low vision, and we learned a little bit about blind people as well. So thank That's you. It's important to us totals too. Mr. Rick? Yeah, I, I want to echo everything David said. Um, I, I, I really, really appreciate, Paul, that you, you did this tonight. Um, and um, I, I think just, you know, having a chance to, um, to you know, share perspectives on stuff has, has just, you know, done so much um, to, uh, to help the understanding um, of, of, of everybody. And, and I agree with David, you know, when we think inclusion, um, you know, we need to be, you know, thinking about being more inclusive within our own community. Um, and it's not just a matter of, of, um, uh, of the things that are classically considered part of inclusion. The other thing is, um, you know, having been around the block a few times uh, with advocacy, you know, incrementalism tends to be what happens, right? So we can't expect, you know, everything in the world to change tomorrow, but, uh, you know, let, let's go down a path of incrementalism and, uh, we'll, you know, over time we'll, we'll better understand each other. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I encourage everybody here uh, who's partially sighted to, you know, seek out uh, leadership opportunities in ACB. They're, they are there. 
and please assert yourself and and just go chase them because uh, I, I think you'll you'll find that you'll have good success if you do that. Thanks. And all I have time to do is say good night. Thank you.